This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey gang, happy Monday everybody and welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast, the podcast for Pelicans and Saints fans. Greetings from Studio B on Airline Drive today. We start a new week and a busy one at that here uh, for both football and basketball. A new week of NFL free agency for the uh, Saints. I think everybody's still on the Malcolm Butler watch. We'll see if that plays out this week, but uh, certainly still an active offseason continues for the uh, New Orleans Saints on this Monday. And, of course, the Pelicans will wrap up a homestand on Tuesday and then get set for a crucial road trip later on in the week. All good news, I think, on both fronts, though, as we start this new week. And we're glad that you've joined us today for two very good conversations. First, on the football side, Daniel Salerson had a chance to set up shop with Chris Banjo, who has recently signed a new free agent contract with the New Orleans Saints and a key piece, we think, of the special teams picture for the New Orleans Saints. And so while we've gotten to meet a lot of these guys or revisit some of these folks that have signed new free agent deals in a busy couple weeks already for the Saints, Chris Banjo is the latest installment, and Daniel shares that with us today. Otherwise, on the basketball side, we'll preview tomorrow night's home game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Pete Pranica, the television voice of the Grizzlies, is kind enough to join us as Memphis gets set to embark on a four-game road trip. And we'll uh, have Pete take the pulse of the Grizzlies and talk about a couple of other storylines right now around the NBA. Speaking of the Pelicans, they've won four of their last five. They've taken the first two games on this homestand as well as they won yesterday over the Timberwolves, 123-109. to New Orleans is scoring at quite a rate right now. Season high 128 on Friday against Houston, 123 last night with 70-plus points in the second half. And don't look now, but the Pelicans now uh, within striking distance again to the eighth spot in the West. I think four games back at last check at 29 and 41. And as uh, Coach Gentry said, maybe starting to figure some things out as they also had a nice win with Cousins in the fold. Uh, so they've won without Cousins and with Cousins during this homestand. Cousins last night in the double-double. He had 15 points, 11 rebounds, 10 of those on the offensive glass. A double-double as well for Anthony Davis as he led the Pelicans in scoring once again. 28 points, 12 rebounds. And then the Pelicans are now 13-5 and this season when Drew Holiday scores 20 or more. He had 21 yesterday and started at the two-guard position. There was a change in the starting lineup. Tim Frazier now the point guard. Drew Holiday the two-guard. And we'll see if Alvin Gentry continues with that. I have a feeling he will here uh, in, during these uh, next uh, several games, which include Memphis and then, of course, at Houston, at Denver, and then at Utah. And I may be getting just a little bit ahead of myself. But New Orleans shot the ball extremely well yesterday, 55.1%. They also hit 14 three-pointers in 30 attempts and a little bit better at the free-throw line. Not great, but a little better at 73%. They were 11 of 15 at the free-throw line. They've been averaging just about that for the season, which puts them kind of in the lower third in the NBA in free-throw percentage. I know my partner, John DeShage, would like to see that improve a little bit uh, as we go down the stretch here. But a dozen games to go, and there's still plenty to talk about. And uh, we'll be doing that all week long. As a matter of fact, Jim Eikenhofer will be here tomorrow from Pelicans.com. More on that in a little bit. Let's take a break, though, and get to our conversations on this Monday. We'll start on the football side. Daniel Salerson with Chris Banjo after this first break. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. 
All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. The future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Saints have been busy the past couple of weeks signing new and current players back on the roster. One of those is Chris Banjo, who will remain with the Saints this season. And he joins me now on the Black and Blue Report. Chris, thanks for coming on and glad to have you back. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's uh, really, really exciting to be back. Yeah, Chris, you spent last season with the Saints uh, and the Packers, but you ended the season with the Saints, and now you'll be back with the team for another couple of years. How does it feel to be ma- remain with the black and gold? A uh, tremendous blessing, man. Not only being able to uh, you know, continue to further my football career, but uh, to be a part of a great organization as the Saints, is, uh, it's a blessing. Uh, how would you describe your NFL journey so far? Undrafted out of SMU, uh, you played most of your career with the Packers before signing with the Saints last year. What have you learned in your four seasons in the league? Oh, man, I feel like we could talk about this all day, to be <laughs> honest. But um, besides it being a blessing, uh, in a nutshell, it's just um, uh, it's unpredictable, I guess you could say. I mean, as a lot of people would be able to, um, you know, second, um, it's, it's definitely an unpredictable league. You just you know never know what can happen or when it can happen or why it happens. So uh, there are many reasons. I mean, there are many, you know, thoughts and things that go into, you know, things that happen to the league, you know, whether it's a transaction or you know, whether it's an opportunity or whatever it may be. But uh, with that, you got to be able to, you know, adjust on the fly and uh, be able to make the most out of whatever opportunity you may be given. Uh, and um, I feel like the guys who are capable of doing that are, are the guys who are able to play, you know, in this league a long time. So I'm still trying to, you know, continue to grow at that part of it. Did you ever feel like you had a chip on your shoulder knowing that you were undrafted, but you felt like obviously you have the talent to make it in this league and you have so far uh, playing in this league for four seasons. Did you kind of have a chip on your shoulder knowing that you were undrafted out of SMU and kind of floated around before getting settled in with the Packers and the Saints? 
Uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, I'm constantly reminded about that every day. I mean, um, especially being out of uh, football for a whole season, um, the year after I came out of uh, college, uh, being out a whole year, and then, uh, you know, still trying to find a niche and then finally getting, you know, signed with the Packers uh, was a big blessing. But um, no, even even there, I mean, the journey doesn't stop. I mean, the grind doesn't stop. You still got to constantly remind guys of, you know, why you belong and, uh, you know, continue to just compete you know, every single day. So that chip is always going to be there, but that chip is also a, a, a motivation as well and, and a constant reminder. You said you're, you've been trying to find your niche since you've been in the league. Have you found it yet? Have you found something that you feel like you've been able to contribute to teams? Or if so, what do you, what do you, what do you feel that is? Uh, I mean, my, to be honest, my, I, I wouldn't necessarily pinpoint it on anything. Mm-hmm. I just think I'm a, a, definitely a, a big competitor. So uh, in terms of me playing safety and special teams, you know, whenever I'm on the field, whatever I'm asked to do, I just want to do it to the highest level possible. And I want to, uh, you know, compete and, you know, play in and play out, whether that's special teams or defensively, and, uh, you know, make the most of my abilities. What part of your game do you feel like has gotten better in the in, in your four years here in the league? I, I feel like all the time. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that's constantly uh, developing. Um, you know, like I said, special teams and defensively. Uh, I've definitely, uh, I feel like, taken a, a huge step uh, special teams-wise, uh, being able to grasp teams and, you know, just like I said, compete, play in and play out. Uh, I look forward to potentially, you know, adding, uh, you know, some ability defensively in terms of, uh, you know, stepping up and whatever it may be, whatever I may be asked to do. But like I said, I'm, I, I look at myself as a guy who's just, you know, always willing to compete and uh, make the most of uh of my ability. Let's flip the script. What do you want to get better at? What are some of the things that you are primarily working on maybe this offseason and kind of get ready for the 2017 season that you want to see improve? Uh, I'm constantly working on all aspects, you know, of my game, okay. you know, whether that be speed, power, explosion, whatever it may be. But um, I do want to, you know, by God's grace, put all of that more so into a defensive role if I can. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a guy who's um, – I, I put the team first in every aspect of – of being a teammate, so um, whatever I'm asked to do, that's what I want. You know, that's what I want to do to the highest ability. If I'm asked to run the ball, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Whatever I may be asked to do, so um, you know, uh, I definitely want to contribute in any way I can, uh, special teams and defensively, and uh, I just want to, you know, do it at a at a high high level. You you mentioned playing the special teams primarily. What you've been doing since joining the Saints. What do you like most about playing special teams? What kind of drives you when you're on the field there, whether it's a kickoff or a punt return? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um, the thing about special teams that I, I, I think a lot of people forget, it's not like offensive defense. While, while you do want to, you know, put your best in every single play while you're on the field, you know, offensively or defensively, you know, there are times you, you may not have had your best play, but, you know, thank God there is a, a second and third down where you can potentially, you know, learn from that real quick. Uh, the thing about special teams is, you know, four to six second play, and, uh, you, you know, you need your best, and if you're not at your best at that time, uh, something big can happen that can really, really swing the game, whether that's a turnover or, or you know, something that's, you know, good for your team and causing a turnover or whatever it may be. So um, it's a play that, you you know, you get to compete at a very, very high level. Um, and, it's, you know, there's not much that you know that may be happening, but you got to adjust on the run. So special um, teams, it's, very, it's a very, very high-intense play. Uh, I do want to, I've been trying to kind of grasp this. I think some people don't understand how much prep work goes into being on special teams. I think some people think, oh, it's just you go out there and try to tackle the guy. But how much preparation, whether it's in the off season, but primarily week to week when you're facing different teams, how much preparation goes into being on special teams? 
Oh, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, it, it's it's definitely underrated in terms of how much goes into it. Um, I mean, in terms of trying to grasp each team's scheme week to week, and then each team's style of play. You know, um, it, it's definitely a lot to, to get adjusted to and to try to you know capitalize on certain opportunities that you may see. You know, watching the film. So uh, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, you know, besides the obvious physical point of it of being able to run a you know full speed for a long period of time you've got to be able to adjust on the fly as well uh how has the kickoff moving up changed special teams you think do you think it's better for the league i know some players still take it out of the end zone and there's some strategy of kicking it so that the players will have to return it but do you think it's hurt the game a little bit that the kickoff you're not really seeing as many people return it or i know player safety is important but from a special teams guy i wanted to get your thoughts on the kickoff being moved up uh to be honest, uh, I, I just I wouldn't necessarily say it's hurt the game, but at the same time, it's definitely I would say taking a little bit of excitement I would say out of it. I mean, you see guys over the years who have been able to to create you know game changing plays you know in the return game and you know guys like you know Devin Hester, Cordero Patterson. I mean, being able to change the game you know just in one play like that in, in a play where you know maybe a lot of times guys aren't expecting something to happen. But, um, you know, not just those guys, but the other 10 guys on the field, you know, a lot of those guys make their living, you know, off of mm-hmm. something like that. So, um, you know, you know, for guys like me, that's definitely something that, you know, you're not excited to see, you know, because uh, that's an opportunity that, you know, I guess you could say taken off the table. So, uh, But at the same time, you just got to continue to find ways to create value for yourself on the team and uh, continue to grow as a player. Have you been able to meet your new special teams coach, Bradford Banta, yet? Not yet, not yet. I do look forward to it, um, and I, I'm excited about that. All right, real quick before I let you go, what are your plans for the rest of the off season? Are you going to have time to take a vacation, take some break time for yourself, or are you primarily getting ready for uh, this season? I'm definitely just getting ready for this season. You know, trying to get my body in the best shape possible, and uh, I've been blessed enough to be a, a new dad at this time, so I'm spending time a lot with my with my little man here and. Uh, you know, like I said, just looking forward to this upcoming season. Well, congratulations on the new uh, the new morn. And also, have you been able, since you were only here for a little bit last season, have you been able to explore the city a little bit, been t- able to chance to enjoy uh, what New Orleans has to offer? Uh, not not much, not much. I, I, I That's something I do look forward to, you know, being a part of later on. Uh, but um, my, my primary focus is just, you know, adding to the team as much as I can and, you know, trying to be a part of something special. All right, that's Chris Banjo, defensive back for the New Orleans Saints. Chris, we look forward to seeing you suit up in the black and gold in 2017. Thanks for coming on with us. No doubt. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, we'll be back after this quick timeout. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Chicago Bulls Sunday, April 2nd, with free mini basketballs for the first 3,000 kids. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. 
Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue now with some basketball talk as the Pelicans will wrap up their homestand tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies are embarking on a four-game road trip. And kind enough to join us is the voice of the Grizzlies, Pete Pranica, who you'll find, of course, on their television broadcast. He'll be with the team as they hit New Orleans for a divisional game tomorrow. Pete, first of all, I know you're a Notre Dame guy, and I apologize for your Irish over the weekend. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, they've actually had a pretty good run under Mike Bray, and they just ran into a real good West Virginia team that uh, that had them uh, on the run, and they struggled against Princeton, which, uh, you know, Princeton is a sound fundamental basketball team, and, and those things happen, but at least the, the women's team is through to the Sweet 16, although Purdue gave them quite a scare yesterday, but... One of the people, one of the uh, Notre Dame teams that people don't know a lot about, also nationally ranked, is the Notre Dame lacrosse team. So look out for them in the NCAA championships. Is there an Irish team that you don't follow, Pete Pranica? <laughs> uh, you know, at some point I, I follow them all on Twitter. The fencing team is very good. Uh, the track team is vastly improved from when I was there, but that was many, many years ago. We don't want to talk about that, but. Uh, no, it's, a, it's a very, very good academic school and, uh, and, and athletically above and beyond football, particularly above and beyond football the way uh, the football team turned out this year. You know, it's interesting over the weekend, and I, and I was just taking a little dig there at you at the Notre Dame thing. I know your love for the Irish. Um, at the same time, I, I found myself trying to follow the tournament over the weekend, and then with our games, it's hard. Did you get to catch any of the, of the men's tournament? Uh, I caught the tail end of the Notre Dame-Princeton game, but we were in the process of playing three and four nights. Uh, my stepdaughter was in town to celebrate a birthday, and I followed it a little bit on Twitter, but I did not have time to, to sit down and, and, and really focus on it. I, I got the main storylines, which are, uh, you know, first round, not a lot of upsets, and uh, the second storyline was the officiating is not very good. <laughs> so those, those are the storylines that I got out of it, and obviously a lot of people around the country – uh, who are anti-Duke are, are thrilled with the result from last night. And uh, I, I actually had a chance to do a South Carolina Vanderbilt game. Uh, and, and Frank Martin is one of those people that you see him on the sidelines. He is super intense, but everybody's telling me that, uh, that he's actually one of the nicest guys in college basketball off the floor. Always great stories. Was he nice to you at least, Pete? Because I know everybody's nice to you. Yeah, he was. He was. And I had Sean Tui along for backup, so uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it was okay. As long as you're talking basketball and you're not one of his players who's, who's running a play incorrectly, uh, you can probably escape his wrath. This is true. Nice name drop there. New Orleans native Sean Tui uh, makes the black and blue report today. Uh, Pete, get, let me, if, you, if you don't mind, allow me to take your finger here and place it on the pulse of the Grizzlies as they embark on this four-game road trip. What are the headlines right now for Memphis as they get set to take on New Orleans? Headlines right now is this, this team apparently has found itself uh, after a five-game losing streak. Uh, they've basically gone back to the, to the core four and put Tony Allen in the starting lineup. Zach Randolph continues to come off the bench. Um, you know, people look at this, Sean, and they say, well, Chandler Parsons is out for the year. In fact, Chandler is undergoing a meniscus surgery today. Uh, and, well, that's, that's the reason. Chandler's not involved in the team anymore, and so now they're going to they're gonna play really well. Uh, that's not 100% of the truth. I, I think 
that Chandler, they, they really wanted to see him perform and perform well, and, I, and they gave him every opportunity to do so. But then the downstream consequences are that, that your rotations are uh, a little jiggy, and uh, you know from time to time uh, it, it can be a, a bit of a struggle. So uh, I think they got, just got tired of losing. Uh, leadership stepped up. Uh, I talked to Mike Conley yesterday, and, and he inferred that uh, the better play on the part of the Grizzlies might be the fact that Marcus Gasol and his wife gave birth to their second child, and, uh, and he's extra happy, and everybody's relaxed. Uh, so, you know, why exactly they've played better? I think it's they've, they've gotten back to their fundamental identity, uh, which is playing really good defense. They've won four straight, and I know, Pete, there's been a lot of conversation, especially on our end of it, about the race for eight, but there's a rather intriguing race right now, say four through, you know, six and, and seven even uh, in the Western Conference playoff standings, and there are the Grizzlies. They're in a position to, I don't want to say control their own destiny, but certainly have a shot at either improving themselves, maybe even as much as two spots, or holding Pat where they are. Uh, you know, with about a dozen games to go, Pete, where do the Grizzlies want to be, and, and which matchup would favor them as you look at the teams that they might meet up with in the first round? Well, the most favorable matchup would, would be uh, Utah, because the Grizzlies took three or four off them during the regular season. But, you know, we've, we've learned from hard experience throughout the years, be careful what you wish for, because the regular season, postseason are, are, are different animals. The, the hope going into the All-Star break was, can you get up to four? have the advantage because you know you assume Houston is going to be three can you get four Utah's five uh, and you have the tiebreaker with them you've taken three or four and you'd have home court and be playing Utah a team that you took care of in, in the regular season that five game losing streak probably has put hopes for four pretty much on ice uh, it, it depends if, if Utah stumbles Utah has a very difficult schedule coming home uh, Clippers it's been kind of a mixed bag uh, and can you catch Oklahoma City right now the difference Oak City's in sixth. Grizzlies are half game behind. There's one head-to-head meeting that the Grizzlies absolutely positively need to have, A, to leapfrog, and B, to at least salvage a tie uh, in, in the season series. So what's realistic? Uh, you know, five is an outside chance, but you're going to need help. I, I think six is, is realistic. Uh, and in that case, you get Houston, a team the Grizzlies have beaten twice. So um, I think six is probably the most likely landing spot you just want to stay out of seven or eight because that gives you either san antonio or golden state and now understanding the grizzlies have beaten both of those teams twice but in a seven game series i'm i'm not liking the grizzlies chances so fair enough and that means i guess the mindset would be win everything you can here memphis is not looking to slot themselves at this point they'd rather win and see where it falls exactly exactly and it and after you've lost five in a row and now you want four in a row, it's like, look, let's just take it. And I know it's a terrible sports cliche. Let's take it one at a time. And, and wherever we end up, we end up. Because, like I said, you have beaten Houston twice. You've beaten Utah three times. Like I said, you just don't want to end up in seven or eight because the, 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 the Spurs or Golden State, uh, that's, that's just a very, very difficult assignment. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Certainly. Uh, the Pelicans are well aware of that. Speaking of the Pelicans, Pete, I know the Grizzlies have kind of had the better of the Pelicans overall in recent history. Uh, but with, let's just say this. The games have been awfully entertaining. Why do you think they've been narrowly won or lost, uh, either by the Grizzlies or by the Pelicans here in recent memory? 
Well, both teams have enough offensive firepower that no lead is ever safe. And, and we've seen double-digit leads erased. Um, and we've seen Mark Gasol put up big numbers uh, against the Pelicans. Uh, and the Grizzlies always have an issue with Drew Holiday. They have an issue with athletic guards. Uh, and obviously Anthony Davis is a very, very tough cover. And now adding DeMarcus Cousins is going to add another layer of, of intrigue to this to this basketball game because that's always been a, a matchup that Marcus all really points for. So um, it, it, it's two teams that, for whatever reason, their styles seem to meld in such a way that, that no lead is safe uh, and the games seem to go down to the wire and, and they seem to be exceptionally competitive and, and, and an awful lot of fun. Uh, anything that you view differently, obviously I think there's going to be something here, but what do you view differently now here recently about the Pelicans now that Cousins is a part of this rotation? Uh, I just think that he, he gives you a, a, a twin tower situation and a guy who's a gifted passer and uh, I think should free up Anthony to be even more of an offensive force and and and, and be, I think, even a more productive player. Uh, now, DeBarcus' numbers compared to what he was putting up in Sacramento, they're down a little bit, but I just think that you can never have enough talent. Uh, and seeing DeMarcus Cousins as often as we have over the years, uh, this is a tremendously talented guy who I think should make his teammates better uh, if he can control his, his anger and, and his ire with the officials and, and uh, you know, doesn't pick up a bunch of texts. I think that it's, it's, a, it's a huge boon for the Pelicans to have two all-stars down low, and, and certainly you have quality perimeter players, particularly when you're looking at a guy that at, at Drew Holiday. Um, so I, I just think he, he should make the Pelicans better. Uh, and it's a matter of, I would assume, of assimilating into a role, role alongside AD. Pete Prentick is with us here from the Memphis Grizzlies. Pete, I know obviously you're, you're zeroing in on Memphis, and, and, and rightfully so. Other than the Grizzlies' fate here over the last three to four weeks, uh, what's another storyline across the NBA that, that intrigues you the most right now that you can't take your eyes off of as we go down the stretch? Well, I'm looking at everybody in the standings ahead of the Grizzlies <laughs> to see what they're going to do. One of the things, Sean, that really jumped out at me, and, and you know, we, we – um, it was the second game against San Antonio where we played them Saturday night. We did not televise the, the first game, uh, so didn't focus as, as uh, intensely on that. To see Tony Parker right now, with a bad back, uh, his numbers are really, really low. There, you have to wonder, in, I know how many times you count San Antonio out and they rise from the dead and, and they take care of business, but I've never seen Tony Parker this impaired physically and un-Tony Parker-like. If he didn't have the jersey on with the eight and Parker on the back, I would not have recognized him. And what does that mean for San Antonio long-term? Because obviously if you're going to win a championship, you've got to, you got to win multiple series. And is he going to be, be able to, to carry that load? Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a sensational player. But is San Antonio, when you look at them, is San Antonio vulnerable even in a first-round series against a very determined and athletic opponent? I've learned through hard experience throughout the years, you've never bet against San Antonio. But that was the thing that, that, that really, really struck me was, uh, you know, and Patty Mills is not a distributor. He's more of a, a three-point shooter, more of a scorer. Uh, so what becomes of San Antonio if Tony Parker is not fully healthy heading into the postseason? 
That's a very interesting take, Pete, because I think that a lot of the conversation nationally has been whether or not Golden State is vulnerable, and nobody's talked about San Antonio as such. I know Houston's kind of licking their chops over some of these things that you're bringing up, but it's interesting that you've zeroed in on San Antonio and less about Golden State at this point. Yeah, I mean, Golden State still has, has tons of firepower, and as long as you have Steph Curry, I, I think you're going to be fine, now, you know, depending what Durant's status is going forward. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I see San Antonio. If you're going to say who's more vulnerable, Golden State or San Antonio, I want to say it's San Antonio simply because of point guard play, uh, and and not having that, that can be a, a bit of an issue because how special has Tony Parker been in the postseason for them throughout the years? Uh, Ginobili has taken a step back. Uh, that's not to say that he's, he's not going to show up, but you are talking about a team that has a, a ton of newcomers. Nine players on that roster have been with the Spurs for a year or less. So now it's Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Aldridge's team, and your, your guard play with Ginobili and Parker has taken a bit of a back seat there. Uh, and Danny Green has gone from being a more well-rounded, all-around type player to being, I just shoot threes. So, you know, now having said that, they won 52, 53 games as of yesterday. So it may, it may sound a little ridiculous to say that, that they could be vulnerable, but um, I was I was taken aback by the way that, that Tony Parker, and again, understanding he was back after a four-game absence because of the back issue, I was taken aback a little bit at, at just how far he had regressed physically, at least in a, in a, in a one-game sample after returning. All right. I, I'm with you. I, you know, I don't think anything's out of bounds as to – as to what you said. Last question, Pete, as you hit New Orleans tonight, is there a go-to spot for Pete Pranica in the Big Easy? Where's dinner tonight? <laughs> well, it, it, it depends. You know, Glenn Cyprian of our uh, basketball operations department, who's now our interim coach with the Iowa Energy, is a part owner at Acme. So if, if Sith can get us a table at Acme, that, that, would be, uh, that would be a spot. A lot of times I just go across the street to, uh, to Felix's. Uh, Felix's is good. Drago's is awesome. Uh, Dini's for lunch tomorrow right there. A um, lot of really, really good spots, but of course, nothing ever moves the needle more on my social media feed than a picture of Cafe Olay and beignets at Cafe Du Monde. So, you know, that, and and if, if I'm feeling a little, you know, like I want to go out and I'll have an adult beverage, you may see me at, uh, at Lafitte's Black, uh, Blacksmith Shop. You might. Just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. I'll, I'll alert the authorities and, uh, I mean, Mater D's, and, uh, and I'll let them know. Nice work. Nice work. Good choices. Pete Pranica's work is outstanding on, of course, the television broadcast for the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies and Pelicans tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. You, sir, need to get back to packing, and I appreciate your time very much, Pete. My pleasure, Sean. Anytime. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. 
Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. As I mentioned earlier during our visit today, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com is a part of the Tuesday Black and Blue Report. Daniel Salas will host from Studio B. And on the football side, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com stops by to kind of give us a recap of what's happened so far with the Saints and free agency and still what may uh, come as we uh, kind of touch base with J.D. tomorrow. He might also preview uh, the owners' meetings, which happen, I think, at the end of the week uh, in Arizona. So two good conversations tomorrow. It'll also help us preview tomorrow night's game against the Grizzlies as both Jim and John have a part in, the, in that coverage tomorrow night from the Smoothie King Center. All right, thanks to Chris Banjo and Daniel Salerson today. Pete Pranick at two is on his way to New Orleans with the Grizzlies, probably even as we speak or as later yet as you listen to today's podcast. As always, you can get us on iTunes. Uh, subscription is free and, of course, easily through your mobile app, whether it be the Pelicans app or the Saints app, and also available now on the TuneIn app, also free of charge. The Black and Blue Report, yours weekdays, usually afternoon central. For all involved here from Studio B on this Monday, I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.